Hey NAI football fans, Corey Thorpe here with another edition of the NAIF Ball Podcast, powered by AdCraft USA, your custom apparel, merch, and uniform experts. Our friends at AdCraft have been with us for many years now. They've run web stores for us multiple times. These guys are NAI fans and family who are experts in the apparel and merchandise world. AdCraft allows you to take the hassle out of ordering. Let their knowledgeable design and customer service staff handle everything from hosting the store online, shipping the product, and helping your customers so you can get back to the game. Find them online at adcraftusa.com. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the NAIF Ball Podcast. We have for you tonight Concordia head coach Joshua Schumacher. Coach, how are you tonight? You know what? I'm doing well. Uh, Guys, we're working out. This is our last week before spring break. Um, Definitely a little bit different in our office. Um, You know, Coach Straz is uh, at the hospital with his wife tonight. They are, uh, she's about to give birth. So last time I checked, she was three quarters of the way there. But we're definitely praying for him because his his son has a heart disease. And so uh, he has hypoplastic left heart syndrome. His name's Braxton. So keeping them in our prayers tonight. Uh, So He'll, he'll have to have surgery afterwards, but uh, yeah, we're all kind of excited for them and praying for him, uh, but a little bit different not having him around the office today, but uh, everything, um, they've been they've been praying a lot about it going into it. Our team's been praying for him as well, and uh, but we've had a great uh, semester so far. Guy's been working really hard in the weight room, conditioning, uh, and I'm really happy about uh, where we're at leadership-wise too. Get, having a lot of great conversations. I'm I'm curious because I've seen some some pictures on on Twitter. Is like the spring the week before spring break. Is that any different for y'all? I mean, I, I'm seeing guys from I think it was Dordan Dagum Hawaiian shirts and sunglasses working out, and I'm like going, look at these jokers. Well, we haven't had too much of that yet, but uh, our guys are enjoying it. Our it. The only thing that seems different for us is that our professors seem to assign all the midterm projects and those things. So, you know, getting all those things done. And those are never fun. But what is fun is football. And let's let's talk about a year ago. You really get to kind of reset from a spring where you you very much when we talked last, uh, you still kind of had a, a, a bad taste in your mouth and, and y'all come out. Uh, in September, and y'all rattle off five consecutive wins. What was it like kind of uh, resetting the mechanism, to borrow a phrase? That was, uh, it was definitely hard. Um, We lost a lot of great leaders and a lot of great players that uh, were graduating and didn't come back. Uh, And so it was definitely, you know, from from quarterback to defensive end to offensive line positions, uh, definitely like figuring things out and uh, creating that chemistry as well as the leadership void, which was just difficult going from the spring to the fall with new guys stepping up into leaders and and those things. So it was definitely a challenge. I thought so many of our guys did a great job uh, of leading and stepping in at the same time, like we weren't without our issues, but uh, we, we worked hard to go uh, learn from them and work through it. And I think we're coming out on the other end, you know, extremely better for it. And our guys got to learn a lot in that process. And so did my, I, myself, as well as the coaches, as we kind of went through that process. So you are coming into your 10th year total at Concordia. Um, that is uh, 
you know, a decade anywhere in one place is sometimes hard to hard to do at any level. Um, but this year, you kind of had a a bit of a, a unique challenge in rebuilding your your offense. Talk to me about the process of rebuilding your offense from mostly scratch with underclassmen. Yeah, we um, yeah going into this year, the biggest question was a quarterback. Uh, Peter Morrison has been just a great vocal leader, leader by example in our program, and, uh, you know, led us to the first conference championship. And so really, you know, starting at the quarterback position, you know, we wanted to have the best competition we could have for that. We uh, laid out for our quarterbacks uh, what we were looking for, expectations uh, through the summer, things to be working on, what we were looking for as we headed into camp. Uh, And then, you know, as you're rotating different guys with the first group, second group, and so on, it's really, uh, you know, what that does is it certainly gives guys an opportunity. It also puts pressure on them where each day feels like a game day for those guys, which is somewhat like, you know, is, are they in too much stress in those situations, you know, um, as well as trying to just go out there and compete. But, you know, uh, you know, Gavin ended up uh, being our starter. It was, he, he definitely won the job uh, with his consistency. And, you know, we were, you know, it was definitely a little nerve wracking to start a class of 21 uh, quarterback in the fall of 21. And, uh, so just seeing his, uh, growth and development was great. And, um, you know, first game of the year, he was, you know, he definitely, you know, he was, he came out uh, as confident as he could be. Uh, I know he could love to have some of the throws back, but at the same time was conference player of the week. So not too bad for your first start. And, uh, from there, you know, uh, really did a good job, had some big wins, um, you know, and as the season went on, it was also, you know, Keyrell uh, Jackson, our running back, came in, won the starting running back job. He was out in spring uh, with a ACL injury. And so I think in a lot of ways, what was difficult about it for us in the uh, this fall was just, you know, it takes time to, and repetition to create that chemistry. And so uh, there was times that we, you know, are clicking a little bit more than others. But, uh, you know, as you see with some of the top teams in the NAI, there's a lot of chemistry with the best offenses. And uh, we're excited about, you know, some of those things moving into this next season as we have a lot of guys back and just that more reps and history to build upon. Defensively, you're losing some really nice pieces um, on the defensive side, especially in your front seven where you're losing Hunter Maynard, Andrew Forster, and Aaron Ron there. But really what I want to home in on is uh, do you, like, have a, a process like, where you make all your linebackers punt because that seems like a thing with y'all that uh, all your linebackers have to be have to be dual threat punters. I mean, this is your second guy in a row that is is like this, and this one's all conference both positions. We uh, Casey does a tremendous job. Andrew O'Hara was the guy before me you're talking about, and uh, yeah, we we certainly love it. We love having a an 11th guy that we know can make a tackle on the punt team. That's a, that's a great bonus. Uh, so you really trust your safety if he's your Mike linebacker on the punt team. So yeah, we, I don't know. We, we want to find guys that are athletes that love football and uh, if they can do more things, then we're going to use them to do those, use their, use their talents. And, and just otherwise on your defense, um, you know, last year it was rebuilding your offense. It looks like a little bit of this year you're, you're going to have to be plugging and playing with, with your defense throughout spring. Talk about what you're looking for uh, out of your defense as a whole going into spring ball. Yeah, we, uh, I'm excited to have 
you know, a lot of our, you know, almost all our secondary back. Uh, so that's great in terms of that communication. Plus, uh, you know, we get some guys back that missed this year from injury. Uh, but we've had a great group of guys, especially young linebackers, working really, really hard in the weight room. Uh, quite a few of them, actually. So I'm really eager to get working with them in spring ball. We start that March 30th. Um, and so getting to see, you know, their new bodies, because a lot of them look different than when I was coaching them in November. So getting to see that out there is going to be great. You know, we're excited about uh, some of the guys up front uh, that we have coming back, like Colin Vaughn and Marv Dupree. Those are two guys that uh, played a lot for us that are, you know, Marv stepped in as a freshman and uh, had quite a few tackles for a loss. Colin is an anchor in the middle for us. Uh, so definitely, there's definitely a lot to be excited about to build there. And just seeing the work ethic of the, the younger guys that they're putting in, excited about, you know, getting to see what they can do. So uh, talking with, with coaches all over, you know, a lot of, I hear a lot of coaches say you really know what your team is in spring ball and you learn so much about your team in spring ball. And to me, looking at kind of how y'all developed throughout the season, uh, really watching your team, especially after that loss to Marion, I, I think kind of was, was a big turning point for y'all. Um, you know, where, where a lot of those games in the front half, we're close, and after that loss at Marion, you go and you beat up on Lawrence Tech and Madonna, and then you beat St. Francis by 30 points and St. Xavier by 40, um, you know, and, and come out like that with that offensive performance. Talk about uh, that development throughout the year and seeing these guys blossom as they get more confident both offensively and defensively. Yeah, we definitely um, looked at ourselves first as coaches after we lost um, the Marion game and really wanted to evaluate um, where we were at, how we were coaching, what could we do better. And then, you know, yes, definitely a process from there in terms of, of that self-reflection of looking at that. You try to have that after your wins too, but obviously it always stings and is a little bit different after a loss. And, um, and so our coaches were really receptive to it. And we were really open work talking with each other on both sides of the ball uh, to, you know, our, my belief is definitely that, like, put all your coaches brains together is better than just one person making the decision. So uh, having that cohesiveness with the staff and the trust was definitely, I think, a big piece of it uh, to, to get things out there and try to work on them from there and then really present a united front to our team on the things that we wanted to tweak and change from there. And, you know, certainly our players were uh, frustrated with that loss and wanted to, you know, they were. You had a captive audience that really wanted to learn and grow and get better uh, from there. And so, um, you know, kind of within it, you know, really tried to hone in on, like, what are we good at? What what do our best players do best? And, like, how are we going to continue to just get repetitions of being, you know, who we are and what we want to be? And so, really, I think that was trying to be, you know, was really our main focus. I was just trying to – we have talented players. and How do we get them out there to just play confidently – and uh, that was, you know, essentially what we did. Obviously, you know, the specific plays and things that we did with that. Um, but that was pretty much the gist of it. So, like I'd said before, uh, you are entering into your 10th year, Concordia, sixth at the helm. Uh, and, and you've been with the program since its early days, since its infancy. You've seen it grow from a, a perennial cellar dweller into a perennial playoff 
contender um, and a perennial team that has a chance to, to go deep in the playoffs at that. Um, talk to me then as, as sort of a, a coach that's kind of in that, that mid-stage year. You're past the infancy of your program. You've, you've gotten your feet wet. You've gotten a, a couple of, of generations, so to speak, of, of players underneath you. Talk to me about developing relationships with your fans and with your alumni that you can then use to grow your program, both football and your uh, your support base for athletics in general, and, and how Concordia goes about doing that. Yeah, I you know, when I really got into coaching, I wanted to coach it at Concordia. Um well, my dad's Lutheran pastor and, you know, growing up in the church, I wanted, you know, I wanted to be a teacher and a coach and uh, I, want to be, I want to teach U.S. history and coach football on Friday nights. So my parents said you should get a math degree that way you can get a job. So I listened to him and that's what happened. I got a job and um, teaching math. And so, um, you know, one of my goals of wanting to coach at Concordia was to help, you know, just guys that wanted to get into coaching and be teachers and coaches because you can have such an impact and try to help guys learn like the you know, a great way to do it and go about your business to make an impact. Uh, but in my time at Concordia, what's been awesome is like, you know, I wanted to impact those guys who were like wanting to be coaches, but um, now it's like helping connect our alumni with guys that are in our undergraduates now with internships. So we just had a, a tight end, Connor Blanche, that graduate. He was in our first recruiting class that graduated in 2017. And, you know, he just got three guys an internship in computer science. And then we have Amon Payne, who's in the FBI. He got an accounting degree in criminal justice. And like, that was his goal of what he wanted to do. And he got it. Now we have other guys who are kind of like interested in things like that. Um, and so having guys have gone on to do it and guys have played for us, it's fun to be able to be a connector to like, I don't have all the answers on how you do that, but I can help connect the guys in our program with other people that have gone through you know, pretty much, you know, a lot of the same professors and just how to take those next steps in there and kind of the keys to having success from where they're at. And so that's definitely been a huge, um, you know, a lot, a really fun part to be able to just help connect people in that way. Uh, some of the other cool things is like Wingfellas is a big sponsor for us. Like, I think, you know, they give us like 1200 wings after every game. And that was a connection through alumni. And so that's a lot of home game wings afterwards because we tailgate afterwards and our parents do an awesome job of bringing in salads and desserts and those things. Uh, but really, you know, when I got to Concordia, uh, they, you know, as assistant coach for coach priest and he was new moving there, he was coming from Chicago. Um, we really didn't know a lot of people and, uh, we'd go around and people 40 minutes away hadn't heard much about Concordia. And if they had, they knew the football team wasn't very good. And so it was like, you know, we had to just slowly, build our relationships one at a time. And I think in some ways, um, you know, that gave us, like we knew the route we had to take care of each guy that we had in there. And there was no way, uh, other, the other, there was no other way that we wanted to do it, but it was also the only way we could do it. And so it was definitely, it was a blessing, uh, in that way, uh, to just build the relationships one, one at a time. And so, you know, when you get to do it now, like you said, almost, uh, for 10 years, you know, those kind of just, stack on top of each other one day at a time. And while we've made mistakes along the way, you know, we've tried to be consistent enough that, you know, we can uh, overcome those and work through those things in relationships. And uh, that, that's definitely, you know, grown to be one of the best parts, absolutely, of uh, getting to coach here is all the people that you get to meet and work with. And quite frankly, it's like we've had a staff that's been together for seven, eight, nine years and guys that have 
you know, been in the program after playing for a long time. And it's, it's fun to see you guys grow and develop as players and to coaches and to, you know, get married as husbands and then into fatherhood that, that it's, I don't know, it's hard to, you can't get that a lot of places and, and it's, we definitely embrace it. It seems to me listening to you talk that there are actually a lot of parallels between pastoring um, and, and being basically a, a sheep herder and being a coach. Uh, there are quite a lot of parallels that there, and, and I bet um, your dad has been just a, a great source of, of skills in that area. Those people skills that you get from pastoring are a hard-won, hard-fought bunch of skills. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, you know, I, my dad uh, did sign language, and I was born when he was at the seminary. So some of the churches uh, that he'd worked at um, and served at, uh, you know, were hard of hearing. And my family was like the only people that could hear in the church, you know. So dad could tell us to be quiet if we were misbehaving quite easily. <laughs> but, you know, I think um, the opportunity to uh, live in a few different places and to see different cultures and see where, you know, from the Midwest. I went to high school in Connecticut. Um, you know, just seeing different parts of the country. Uh, Michigan's the longest I lived in one place, but that opera where you, I get, a, I was able to have a fresh start as a kid growing up moving, you know, they didn't remember if I picked my nose last year or something or wore my, you know, stupid things like that. And so having that fresh start, I think is really important within your program each year, but it's like, you don't have to transfer to get a fresh start. Like we want to give you the opportunity that it's like, you, you know, each day is really a new start, but even each season and each spring that it's like, you know, I'm not. I, I'm expecting for you to learn and grow just like I like I you can expect that I should be a better coach this year. That doesn't mean I'm not going to make mistakes. But at the same time, it's like I want our players to be able to go out there and know that it's like just because I made a boneheaded decision, you know, during a game last year. That's like I can't that I can learn from that to go out there and be successful and that we want to give them that opportunity. So I definitely agree with you uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, and the opportunities I had to learn from my father definitely learned a ton from me and my mom. And I think, you know, obviously servant leadership and that the fact that like you are trying to help create just an awesome experience for the guys, whether it's coming down to breaking down data and trying to put them in the best situation on third and long or whatever the situation may be in a game to, you know, how do we create good systems in the weight room and leadership development or just, you know, other processes, you know, when it comes to just, managing 120 some guys in a football season and traveling. So I think that serving leadership aspect has definitely been the piece uh, that I've learned the most uh, from my folks. And I definitely 100% agree goes hand in hand with coaching. Well, coach, I thank you so much for coming back on the NAIF ball podcast. Uh, definitely enjoy having you every year and looking forward to watching who rises to the top in the gauntlet. That is the Mid-States Midwest. Thank you very much, Corey. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the NAIF Ball Podcast presented by AdCraft USA. Be sure to contact them for all your custom apparel, merch, and uniform needs. Thanks also to Mommy Bay Turf and Turf Nation, as well as Leading Edge Fundraising for their support of the podcast. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to the podcast as well as to our YouTube channel. Leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. As always, if you'd like to support what we do, Head over to patreon.com slash N-A-I-A-F-B-A-L-L and become a patron. We can't do what we do without our sponsors and listeners like you.